Hey everybody, it's showtime. Welcome back to episode three. Um, great to have you guys back. I have a two two episode night planned out for you guys. Uh, first episode is going to be your normal XFL, NFL, NBA news and notes. My opinions as usual on the real talk. The next episode that will be coming out, episode four, will be a uh, WWE Super Showdown pay-per-view preview show that's coming up this Thursday. I wanted to drop one of those for the wrestling fans out there. So for those of you listening to this episode, if you're interested in the WWE episode, get that on the flip side. That'll be coming out right after this one. I do want to take a a second. I didn't do this in episode two, and I really wanted to, and I kind of forgot. The new logo that I have made out for Real Talk was made by my brother-in-law, Tim Schnicker. Uh, special shout-out to him for making that for me. Basically designed it exactly how I had envisioned it. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool of him. Got that to me pretty much in a day. Uh, I had that up in time for episode two, and I never even gave him a shout-out. So my apologies for that, and I wanted to do that on this episode. Moving forward into the first topic, something else I wanted to talk about in episode two. Kind of lost track of time. John Beeline, uh, former coach of the Michigan Wolverine basketball team, this past offseason had accepted a job to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers. This uh, past trade deadline, the Cavaliers had acquired Andre Drummond from the Detroit Pistons. And at that time, there was already a lot of coach turmoil between John Beeline and the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously accepting a pretty bad job in Cleveland, coming from taking over a Michigan basketball program that had really not done anything since the Fab Five 20-ish years ago, taking over that program and raising it to multiple Final Fours, multiple Sweet 16s, Elite Eights, just absolute basketball powerhouse if we're we're really being honest with ourselves. And he took over a team that since 2003-2004 when LeBron James was drafted, when LeBron James is on the roster, not necessarily on the court, but on the roster, the Cleveland Cavaliers win 61% of their games. When LeBron James is not on the roster. The Cleveland Cavaliers win only 42% of their games. So it's it's no secret that if LeBron's not in Cleveland, it's a very hard team to coach. John Beeline obviously thought that he was good enough to accept that job and turn them into something else. As soon as he got there, he was stressing uh, practice, the importance of practice, and it sounded like the players weren't exactly very fond of that. They didn't feel like they needed to bust their ass practicing when they're pro athletes. And sadly enough, Andre Drummond, who's one of my favorite players, has been since he was brought into Detroit after trading to Cleveland, basically told the Cleveland Cavaliers that he won't be signing his player option next year if John Beeline is retained. So... Cavaliers decided they're going to move on from John Beeline, which is 
heartbreaking for me as a as a Michigan fan, as a John Beeline fan. I didn't feel like he did Michigan wrong by leaving. He my my golden rule is if you accept something, you need to leave it better than you received it. John Beeline 100% left it better than he received it. And though he didn't bring us a championship, he brought Michigan fans in the University of Michigan up to new heights, new standards, lots of great memories. Lots of players in the NBA that would back that. Uh, so, yeah, it sucks for John Beeline. I hope he lands in a good situation. There's there's a few things out there that I think could potentially work out for him. I think a lot of it has to do with coaches either taking other jobs or going to the NBA and things of that such nature. I do think that John Beeline is done in the NBA. I really do. I think that was his one one shot. I don't think he's getting another one, unfortunately. Uh, so speaking of Andre Drummond and the Pistons, the Pistons are obviously tanking. They have been, but this is so official. They've obviously traded Andre Drummond. They have done buyouts with the Morris twin. They did a buyout with Reggie Jackson. I personally would love to see them try and do everything in their possible way of getting rid of Blake Griffin. I am okay with keeping Derrick Rose and trying to use him for what he is and start building through the draft. Ultimately, the Detroit Pistons are uh they're on the decline and hopefully that decline leads to progressive future. So, with that being said, uh sticking with an NBA topic, the this day in sports history, we're going to go back just one year James Harden's scoring streak of games with at least 30 points ends at 32 as he scores only 28 points in a win over the Atlanta Hawks. That was the second longest mark in NBA history. And speaking of James Harden, um, if you want to try and win a James Harden jersey, let's talk back about the sport, fabled sports breaks. We brought this up last week. Um, if you enjoy autographed memorabilia, have you ever heard of sports breaks? Whether you're looking to add to the man cave, boosting up the she shed, or looking for a gift for that special somebody you know, a birthday gift, anniversary gift, or just a personal gift, Fabled Sports Breaks is the way to go in daily contests for a chance to win certified sports memorabilia for low prices. Whether it's the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and now NASCAR, Fabled Sports Breaks has you covered. Today's stars, yesterday's legends, we're talking Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe DiMaggio, even James Harden, Connor McDavid, and now in NASCAR, so many options, so many things getting pulled. Check them out. For details, log on to Facebook and search Fabled Sports Breaks to join now. Uh, your next topic, we're going to go back into our, our weekly XFL talk. Um, we do have lots to break down this week, a very cool week in the XFL. Uh, as we move into week four, there are... Lots of headlines, lots of topics. Really, we're starting to understand who's who. We're starting to understand some teams' identities. And we're getting to a point where I think that I can give my first power ranking. Now, there's only eight teams. So I'm not going to break down all, all eight teams. We're going to go with what I think are the best four teams to this point. And now, you may not agree. And that's stuff that I would love for you guys to reach back out and let me know what you guys think. But let's talk about uh, 
Let's talk about the first thing, the Houston Roughnecks. We've talked about them every week. P.J. Walker, uh, Cam Phillips. What an absolute crazy duo they have been really beating up the competition that they've played. Uh, They have played close games, but it just seems like they can score at will, so the games don't seem as close as the scores are, I guess. Uh, This week they played my Tampa Bay Vipers. Tampa Bay did play probably their best game to date. It was not enough, as P.J. and Cam absolutely shredded them for another three touchdowns combined. P.J. Walker had four total in another crazy game for him. At this point, P.J. Walker is the front runner to win the XFL MVP until further notice. And personally, I think that Cardell Jones has been passed up by the wide receiver for Houston, Cam Phillips. Speaking of D- the D.C. defenders and Cardell Jones, they came into this weekend 2-0, and looking as the best team or second best team. And they got absolutely throttled by the LA Wildcats losing 39 to 9. Cardell Jones was to be fair, terrible. Threw for about 103ish yards at 50% passing, four interceptions, no touchdowns. Couldn't really get anything going. The LA Wildcats had Josh Johnson, a longtime NFL veteran on their team, throwing the ball around for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, had himself a day, and LA rolled so, Cardell Jones, not his best showing. I do think he bounces back. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a regular occurrence, not uh, throwing touchdowns and throwing lots of picks. I do think he's better than that. Something to keep an eye on. I do think the D.C. defenders are probably your third best team, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, St. Louis. The St. Louis Battlehawks. We haven't talked too much about them on the podcast. I do think that... They're the most complete team. It just seems like they are able to play some D. They control the clock. They're leading the the XFL in carries right now. And it seems like when, when need be, they can throw it around. Week two, they threw it for over 300 yards. They haven't had to do it other, other weeks. But when they needed to, they did it. They're the most complete team. They've had over 30 carries in every single game. They have one loss, and it's only to Houston. In a very tough game, 28-24, I do think that the Battlehawks are the second best team. And as of right now, the most complete team. So something to keep an eye out. Uh, definitely definitely an impactful team. I could really see them challenging Houston, D.C., or anybody they play and have a shot to win. They just seem so balanced. Uh, let's go for my week four predictions. So now that we've kind of seen the teams and I can understand who I think is better than who, I'm going to give you my predictions for this weekend. The Wildcats of Los Angeles are going to play the New York Guardians. I have the Wildcats beating the Guardians. I do think that Josh Johnson has made L.A. better. And I think the Guardians having only one win this year against the Vipers who have zero wins. I don't know that the Guardians are even that good. They do have a lot of coach-quarterback controversy right now. Matt McGloin has been uh, kind of vocal about his displeasure with the, the offensive play calling. They've been using different quarterbacks. I do think the Wildcats take that game. Game two, the Battlehawks against the Dragons. 
Battlehawks right now I have as my, my second best team, most complete team. They're going to beat the Dragons this weekend. Uh, not going to give you any score predictions. I just think that they, they beat them. They're, uh, they're balanced. They can pretty much do whatever you need them to do in order to win. I don't think that the Dragons are there. Battlehawks get the win. Uh, next game, the Roughnecks against the Renegades. Dallas poses the Dallas Renegades pose a pretty interesting threat in this game because Landry Jones has been able to basically throw it around throwing 300 yard games and I think that with his NFL background with Bob Stoops play calling Dallas poses a legit threat to knock off the Roughnecks this weekend but I'm not taking the Renegades I'm taking the Roughnecks Roughnecks of Houston they moved to 4-0. They beat the Renegades in a high-scoring take the over in this one. Um, I don't know what it is at, at this moment, what Vegas has it at, but if it's 40, go above it. This is going to be a high-scoring one. It's going to be fun. Definitely, if you're going to catch one game this weekend, probably make sure it's that. Next game, the Vipers, the Defenders. So obviously, D.C. coming off their worst game. The Vipers are actually coming off their best game. Even though they lost, they put up a hell of a fight to Houston they played hard they were able to finish drives they even scored some touchdowns this week is that enough to get the the win over the DC defenders I think so I'm gonna give Vipers their first win they're gonna beat the defenders I'm not saying Cardell Jones throws another four interceptions but maybe the Vipers with the number one rated defense are able to take advantage of that and they get their first win Let's go to the power ranking. Team number four. I'm going to give it to the Dallas Renegades. Again, back to what I just said. You got Landry Jones. You got Bob Soups, former Oklahoma team. I, I just think that the scoring, the passing attack they have is enough to win. And frankly, it, this has proven to be more of a passing league so far. Only St. Louis has had success dominating the run game they're team number four team number three even though i have them losing this weekend to the vipers i do think they're still the third best team we're gonna go to the dc defenders uh i still like their quarterback their coach as of right now seems to at least be all right i know they're coming off a bluff loss but they are two and one even if they go two and two still got plenty of time to recover we'll take the dc defenders as our third best team Team number two, the Battle Hawks. For every reason we've already stated, most complete team, dominating the rushing game. Quarterback can pretty much do anything you need him to do. He can carry it on the ground. He's had an, over an 80-yard rushing game already. He's had over a 300-yard uh, passing game, and he's just taking care of the football. Hasn't really turned it over much. Competed in every game this year, and they almost, almost beat Houston. They are the second-best team. But that leads us to our first best team, the Houston Roughnecks, P.J. Walker, Cam Phillips, the MVP candidates. I'll tell you what, if you don't do anything else this weekend sport-wise, tune in to watch P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips. They have been so fun. It, it's, almost, it's almost unfair really watching them. P.J. Walker will escape the pocket and you think the play's dead. Next thing you know, Cam Phillips is wide open by himself and... It goes for 80-plus yard touchdown as it happened this weekend. It's just something else to watch. 
I do think that uh, they're they're the most fun team. They're the best team, and definitely uh, worth tuning in for this weekend. Moving on to the NFL, we're gonna do what we've done pretty much the last two weeks, and we're gonna fantasy book the territory. Where we're going to look at the NFC North this week. And what we did last week is we we took the four teams of the NFC South. And I gave you some fantasy trades, some fantasy signings that would be not necessarily crazy. But at the same time, I think that if they are able to get those things, that team could be a factor. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears obviously a defensive team. They have a pretty solid roster. They seem to be coached pretty well, but their quarterback is definitely a problem. And that is why I have three, four quarterbacks that have been thrown around a lot lately. Um, you know, I'm not going to include Tom Brady in this, but yeah, Tom Brady too. I mean... I do think that it's a long shot that Tom Brady would ever consider to go to Chicago because I don't think they have the receiver weapons, though they do have a very good defense. It's not really a good fit, so I'm not going to include him here, but go ahead and fantasy book Tom Brady Chicago. I don't think it happens. Matt Stafford. It's in division. It's a long shot, but I do think that if the Bears, if the Bears were to muster up some draft picks future, in the future because they don't have a draft pick this year, if they maybe tossed in next year's first rounder, they could start talking for Matt Stafford. Uh, Jameis Winston from Tampa Bay. That would be a fun one. Only because if the Chicago Bears were able to bring in Jameis and then get one other receiver to pair with Allen Robinson, that would be a really fun offense. And obviously it's a very good defense. So that... That would just be a really fun team to watch. I think that Jameis is good. I just don't think that he's somebody you should invest in, as we brought up last week. But ultimately, I do think he, he makes that team better than it is now with Mitchell Trubisky. Derek Carr. Derek Carr, obviously his name keeps getting brought up. I do think that a Derek Carr to Chicago would be really weird because obviously the Cleo Mack Raiders trade went down and then you have a Derek Carr Bears trade going down. I just don't know that there's the assets there. They'd be having to they'd be willing to trade Derek Carr to the Bears for almost nothing, I feel like. I don't think the Bears are going to give any more first round picks to the Raiders. So I just don't know that that one comes to fruition, but maybe with the right with the right uh trade scenario. This one I think is the most likely, and I think it is a magnificent fit. This was actually thrown around a lot middle of last year at the trade deadline. Teddy Bridgewater. This one makes a lot of sense because, A, Teddy Bridgewater has played in that division already. Teddy Bridgewater is not a vertical downfield thrower. I think that it benefits him to maybe get in an offense where he can spread the ball around, dish it to some running backs, control the clock, not turn the ball over. And with that defense, you'll win a lot of games. I'd be willing to to really state right now 
if the Chicago Bears got Teddy Bridgewater, I'd be hard-pressed to not put them as the favorites to win the North. And I know a lot of people are like, well, the North's really tough. Yeah, but try arguing against them. I mean, I just think that Teddy Bridgewater adds a whole other element to that team. Uh, let's go on to Team 2, the Green Bay Packers. I think that the Packers could use a few things, but I'm going to fantasy book them to something that they lack right now that they've pretty much always had under Aaron Rodgers, and that's a second receiver. They've almost always had your Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson. They've always had at least two, and right now they only have the one. And yeah, they have Allison and and Vantez Squealing or whatever the heck his name is. They just don't have that elite two. And that showed in the playoffs. It was clear as day in the playoffs. And really it was clear as day down the stretch. So I'm going to fantasy book a couple people. Here's one right off the top of my head. Could be a free agent. Amari Cooper. Packers had the cap space to sign him. I think it would be an amazing fit right from the get. I don't think that Amari Cooper strikes me as somebody that would want to go sign for big money on a losing team. I think he would sign for good money on a winning team. Whether that be the Cowboys, whether that be Green Bay, New England, even San Francisco, I could definitely see Amari Cooper landing on a winning team for good money rather than top-tier money playing for a losing team. T.Y. Hilton, I feel like that could be a trade. I just think that the Colts are in a spot where if they don't get the quarterback they want, I could see them trying to trade T.Y. Hilton. He does have some trade value, especially in a wide receiver league. I can't imagine why he wouldn't have any trade value. T.Y. Hilton is an extremely dangerous deep threat receiver. He would make a instant great fit. I mean, I can't see how you wouldn't think that as well. I just think that you have Adams who can be a possession slash vertical receiver and so can TY. It's a great fit instantly. Uh, a couple of weird ones. OBJ. Yeah. I think that this trade works. Obviously it's far fetched, but I think this trade works. I really do. I think if OBJ were to go to Green Bay, it would be instant chemistry and it would be like the situation in Cleveland, but with discipline. I think that one, again, is probably far-fetched, and I don't think OBJ would want to go to Green Bay because of the fact that just the the market's not big enough for him, not that Cleveland is. But uh, I do think OBJ bounces back to a pretty good year in Cleveland this year, so you know, Browns fans, nothing to worry about there. I really do think that he bounces back. But if for some reason Green Bay was trying to require a receiver and they were willing to give up a first-round pick, I think Cleveland would listen. Stephon Diggs, this one is super far-fetched because I can't see any way that the Vikings allow him to go to Green Bay. But, again, somebody's willing to offer the picks. And, again, we're just fantasy booking the territory here. That'd be a fun trade. And then one that I do think is probably the most realistic if things really start to pan out, A.J. Green. A.J. Green will be on the open market this year. He will be an unrestricted free agent. The last time we've seen him on a, on a football field, he was a beast. He's had an injury that kept him out most of the year, but pretty much all year we were talking about him maybe playing. 
I can't see why an A.J. Green wouldn't be an absolute beast in that offense right from the go. He is basically Devontae Adams with a little less weight on him. He's a fantastic route runner. He has great hands. A.J. Green's been a dog since he's walked stepped foot in this league. Why not uh, think that he still could be? Team number three, the Detroit Lions. We're not going to bring up receiver here because I do think that the Lions offense is actually pretty good as long as Stafford's healthy. We're going to fantasy book another pass rusher to pair with Trey Flowers. And I think that Frank Clark, the free agent from Kansas City, or Jadavion Clowney, free agent from Seattle, would be great fits. I think that... uh, that pass rush would be back to your Dinamican Sioux pass rush days. And with that offense, you're helping out their corners. I do think they're going to draft a corner in the first round. I think they're going to get Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. Right there, you have your, your two corners with him and Slay. You have your pass rush. And they the Lions already have a good offense. That's not even arguable. As long as Stafford's in there, they have a good offense. So, I don't know. I think they're one pass rusher away from being pretty good. Team number four, the Vikings. Uh, We're really going to do the exact same receivers that we did with the Packers. Only, But this really only comes to be if Stephon Diggs gets traded. Because I do think the Vikings have probably... I mean, if we're really coming down and dissecting entire rosters, top to bottom, I think the Vikings have the best roster in the NFL. The only team I could even start to argue with them is maybe Dallas. Maybe the Browns. I don't know who else even compares. San Francisco is pretty darn good. Um, the Vikings, top to bottom, though, if they can get the quarterback play right. And Kirk Cousins has played pretty well. I know I dogged him up episode one, but he really has played pretty well. I think that, again, if Stephon Diggs leaves, a couple receivers, T.Y. Hilton, who we brought up, A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, Gosh, I, how much better would the Vikings be? Maybe some Vikings fans get upset with this, but if Diggs were to go, he's obviously unha- unhappy. If he were to go and you bring in Amari Cooper, I think you're better. I think you're better today with Amari Cooper than you are Diggs. Only because Diggs just clearly isn't happy at this point. And it shows the team isn't good. They got blown out in their last game. They mustered up not even 150 total yards against the eventual Super Bowl runner-up. Not exactly your not exactly your uh your ideal way to finish your season after having a pretty good year. So with that being said, I have fantasy booked the territory for you. We went through XFL. I would love to hear from you guys. Um check me out on Facebook. Obviously you guys know where to find me there, it's Jeff Johnson. Or check me out on the brand new Twitter account at Real Talk Jeff One. It's at Real Talk Jeff One. No spaces. Capital R, capital T, capital J One. Real Talk Jeff One. Uh, I've been following a couple of you guys on here. And uh, if you guys could follow me back, retweet my stuff, let people know that uh, the podcast is good, or don't tell them if it's not good. <laughs> be nice to me. But uh, Real Talk is going to be coming with new stuff every week. 
I did have to release this episode a day early because I'm getting my wisdom teeth out tomorrow morning. Not excited about it. I uh, had some wisdom tooth problems for over a year now and I'm just ready to get it settled. So with that being said, I am releasing this early episode for you. And then right after this episode, I will be releasing the WWE Super Showdown pay-per-view preview special. I'll be breaking down every match from the card, giving my insight who I think is going to win, and go from there. All right, guys, if you want to hear some more from me, tweet at me. Let me know what you guys think. Ask me your questions. uh, Text me, whatever. DM me. Whatever you guys got, I'll feature it on the pod. If you guys are interested in being a guest host and you have a topic you'd like to discuss, let me know. Um, lots of stuff. Uh, you know, I probably could have got into Ohio State this today, but maybe we'll get into that next week. They did give Ryan Day a three-year extension. Not gonna, not gonna extend the pot anymore, but I do think that's a good extension. I'll tell you why. I just think it's a bad precedence for coaches to get early extensions, but Ryan Day's is deserved. Anyways, we're gonna wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for listening again. I, uh, I'm loving doing this for you guys. I'm having a blast. Thank you. Take care. See you next time.